Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. All right, well, if you turn in your Bible, we're going to continue this morning in studying about these lives that God has taken the, the trouble to record for us in these particular histories, which the Lord has, has in essence said to us, this is really important and I need for you to really uh, read this, learn this, understand this, and don't do the same thing. You know, I had a CFO that worked for us one time, and his daughter was a real trial for him. And he said to his daughter one time, he says, you know, when you grow up, you're going to be great. He said, because you will have made every mistake in the book. <laughs> and so... <laughs> We don't want to make every mistake in the book, right? So we want to learn from every mistake in the book. And so that's why we're studying the book this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your book. Thank you, Lord, that you've recorded all this for us, Lord, in living color, so that we can see it from every angle and we can learn. Help us to learn this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Genesis 25, last verse, Genesis 25, continuing on to Genesis 30. Genesis 25, verse 25. Genesis 29, verse 35. Genesis 29, 35. Somewhere in there you'll find it. <laughs> 29, 35, and going on. And she conceived again and bare a son, and she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. When Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in God's stead? Who hath withheld thee from the fruit of the womb? She said, Behold my maid Bilhah, go in unto her. She shall bear upon my knees. I may have children also by her. She gave him Bilhah, her handmaid to wife. Jacob went in unto her. Bilhah conceived, bare Jacob a son. Rachel said, God hath judged me, hath heard my voice, given me a son. Therefore called she his name Dan. Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again, bare Jacob's second son. Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister, and I have prevailed. She called his name Naphtali. Then when Leah saw that she had left bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, gave her Jacob to wife. Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a son. Leah said, A troop cometh. She called his name Gad. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a second son. Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters will call me blessed. She called his name Asher. Now, in our last study, we really have been studying this tragedy, great tragedy with Leah. I mean, we watched this tragedy. We wonder, what has happened to Leah? What in the world? We watched the tragedy of the fall of Leah. She worked so hard to rise above her greatest problem in her life, which was her husband. How many wives can say that? <laughs> 
her husband, in this particular case, her husband who hated her, which she expressed in the naming of her children, and the first one who was born, she named what? Reuben. Uh, behold the son, in which she, and that Reuben was really the yearning of her heart. She yearned with the words, uh, what she said in verse 32. She called his name Reuben, for she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, will my husband love me. That's a yearning. So the name yearning, uh, the name that Leah gave, expressed for Leah the longing of her heart. Just would he just love me? But even though she gave her husband, the first son, Leah found that her husband still didn't love her, and the worries caused her to become more frustrated, and she expressed this frustration in the naming of her second son, which was Simeon, or heard, in which she poured out her complaint to God, and God heard her complaint. And she said that in verse 33 when she said, because the Lord hath heard that I was hated. That's frustration. He hath therefore given me this son also, that she called his name Simeon. So going from Reuben to Simeon, we've seen how yearning went to frustration, and it got worse and worse, this yearning for her husband to love her, this complaining that her husband hated her. And in those first two names, she talked about God, God with Reuben, God with Simeon. But Leah was seeing no change in her husband's feelings toward her. All the praying, no seeing. And furthermore, and the frustration had just reached a point where it drove Leah to her deepest depression, her deepest point, her deepest sadness, and she expressed this in the naming of her third son, which was Levi, meaning joined, where she continues in her yearning for her husband, just to be joined to me. Now this time, she said in verse 34, this time will my husband be joined unto me because I've borne him three sons. Therefore, she called his name Levi. But the tragedy in the naming of Levi is that she abandoned God now, and she makes no reference to God. So in the absence of Leah making any reference to God in the naming of Levi, we can hear Leah say, Enough with this God stuff. It's not working. It's not working for me. Enough with God. And when I go to name Levi, we can hear Leah say, I tried, especially with the naming of Simeon, with the prayer, hearing God. I tried the faith that God heard. It didn't work. It didn't work. I tried prayer. My husband still has not changed. How many wives say that? So I'm finished with God. Bye-bye, God. And that was a low point in Leah's life. And fortunately, Leah there, she didn't stay at that low point, but she, she came to herself, you know, and she said, that's not right. And she rises up from her Levi low point of no God in her life, and she gets this victory over the depression, and she expresses this in the grand naming of her fourth son, which was Judah, which means praise, where she gave this victory cry Without any reference to her husband now, she just says, now, in verse 35, now will I praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. That was the high point for Leah, where without any change in her husband, without any answers to her prayers, without any satisfaction to her yearnings, Leah has decided to break through and just praise the Lord. That's a great way for us to have left Leah in chapter 29. Unfortunately, that's not the end of the story. Leah's younger, Leah's prettier sister, Rachel, just could not tolerate that Leah was having children and she remains without any children. So Rachel decides to 
push her handmade Bilhah into Jacob's bed to have children with, with her that she could name against Leah. So what was the first one that Rachel named was Dan, which means judge. And she gives the explanation. At last, God has judged it. A great injustice for her to remain childless next to her sister Leah. And Leah, we got our eyes on all of these characters, but especially on Leah. And we could see, well, Leah could tolerate this. This didn't get through to her. She handled it pretty well under this taunt of Rachel that it was unjust. But when, when Leah got to name the second son that she got to name, which was Naphtali, which means wrestlings, she fired a shot over Leah's bow when she dedicated this name of this son, Naphtali, as she said in verse 8. And Rachel said, with great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister. Okay. But when she added the second part in verse 8, of the more direct jab to Leah, she said, I've won, I have prevailed. Well, that was just too much. (laughs) The cup was too full at that point for Leah to hold her peace. And and, And so Leah then, she waited for her next son, and her next son was her next opportunity to strike back at Leah, I mean at Rachel. And so Leah waited and waited and waited for the next son for a whole year, and no baby came for her to name, for her to strike back at her sister Rachel. So Leah, not content to wait any longer, Leah wanting her opportunity to strike back at Rachel with a doozy name (laughs) for her next son. And when no son came for her to name, to use as a weapon against her sister, I mean, just think about that. These are the great tribes of Israel. (laughs) These are weapons between two sisters. Leah sunk down to the same level as Rachel did, and then we saw the fall of Leah. When she engaged into a full fight with Rachel, and Leah sunk down to Rachel's level there, when Leah shoved her handmaid, Zilpah, into Jacob's bed so he could have a son so that she could name him as a weapon against Rachel. Leah finally got her next son, her next opportunity to use as a weapon against Rachel, and she did that with Zilpah's first son, which Leah named what? Gad. You know, like Gadzooks. No, no, (laughs) not really. She named Gad, which means a troop. As she used that name to fire back at Rachel, and so she was saying, this is a, tr- a, this is a, a troop is coming. This is the first of a troop that's going to come, Rachel, and it's going to knock you down. This, this name, Gad, was Leah's direct shot at Rachel. And, you know, before, the names were, you know, yearning, complaining, and so forth, but this is now a direct shot at Rachel, and she says in verse 11, Leah said, a troop cometh. She was really saying to Rachel, victory cometh. My victory is coming over you, Rachel. And so Leah used the name of Gad to fight with Rachel and tell Rachel that she was going to prevail over Rachel. Now we read in verse 12, and Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a second son. So when we read these words, in verse 12, Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob 
it, our hearts are broken when we read this stuff. We say, what a mess. You know, in verse 11, might as well read, and because Leah cared more about fighting Rachel than keeping another woman out of Jacob's arms, Leah pushed Zilpah, her, her maid, into Jacob's arms, and Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob, Leah's husband, a second son. Now, that's a mess. And so now the fight's on. The fight's on between Leah and Rachel as we see Leah saying to Rachel, you want to fight? You'll get a fight. And she's really going to go to war with Rachel. But there's something that really bothers us about this whole history between Leah and Rachel. Because, you know, we can read it on the surface, but we really want to know what happened to Leah. What really happened? What really happened to bring Leah off of her mountaintop of Genesis 29, 35, now will I praise the Lord. What happened? What was it that brought Leah down? I mean, we want, you know, it's a little personal for us because we look at where Leah was in chapter 29, and we say, that's where I want to be. I want to be on that mountaintop of troubles all down below in the valley, but I'm up here praising the Lord. I want to be on the now will I praise the Lord in our lives. And I don't want to just go up there for a little bit of time and then come back down. I want to stay up there. So I want to know what brought her down off that mountaintop. Because we envied Leah when we read in Genesis 29 35 that she'd finally reached this mountaintop of praising the Lord, even though nothing changed. None of her problems were resolved. You know, it wasn't like, you know, I'm going to pray until, I'll pray until, and God's going to change the problems, and if God doesn't change the problems, I'm going to stop praying. No, she got above that. And, and so we're shattered as we read that she's completely fallen off the mountaintop. So it's very important for us to find out what happened to Leah to make sure it doesn't happen to us. I mean, we need to walk away from this history with two answers. We, need, we got two questions. I mean, today, we got to find out two things. It's two things. What was it, really, that brought Leah down? First question. Second answer we need to the question, what is it? See, what was it that kept the, knocked her off? What is it that, that would have kept her and can keep us from falling off that mountaintop of praising the Lord? And so that's what hopefully we're going to find out. All right. So now, when Leah named Zilpah's first son, Gad, or troop, she gave that boy a military term, right? It's a military term. You know, you, you, know, you might as well say, what's your name, little guy? Battalion. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what it was, you know. She gave him a military term, and, and she was promising herself that a military troop was going to come to fight her sister, so this name, Gad, is the most clear use of the children's name to fight in the, to this great fight between the sisters. So the name Gad or Troop is the clearest message that Jacob's family is being made up of two militants that are at war, two militias that are at war, the Rachel militia and the Leah militia. And Leah named this son, the military term, Gad or Troop, she was clearly saying that her sons 
were weapons against her sister, Rachel. See, in this way, she was saying that her children were weapons, and Leah was saying, really, 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 Leah, I mean, you could always, I, mean, I don't know how you think of this verse, but really, it goes very much along with Psalm 127.4, as arrows in the hand of a mighty man, or a mighty woman, so are children of the youth. See, through the names, both Leah and Rachel were seeing their children as arrows in their hands to fight each other. And so Leah saw with the birth of Gad that she had five sons, when she had five sons, that she had five arrows to fight against Rachel. Leah sees these five sons as her five personal arrows or weapons in her hand in her fight against Rachel. And Leah sees these five sons as her personal five arrows in her hand, like it says in Psalm 127.4, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. And so the children, these are arrows in her hand. Now, when Zilpah now has the next son, she gives Leah the sixth arrow in her hand to fight against Rachel. So now Leah has six arrows, her six personal arrows in her hand to fight against Rachel. And the verse says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. And now with these six arrows in her hand, Leah sees, now I got a full amount of arrows. So she is She's happy. He's happy. Therefore, it says in Genesis 30, 13, and Leah said, happy am I. And so she looks at the six arrows in her hands to fight against Rachel. She thinks, I've got a full amount. She says, happy am I. And that's why the next part goes on from Psalm 127, 4, 5, where his arrows are in the hand of a mighty man as children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. And so she thinks she's got a quiver full of them. It says, they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. And the enemy in the gate is her sister. So with six arrows in her hand, she's going to fight against her sister. She thinks she's got a little quiver full of them. She's happy, and she's ready to speak with her enemy in the gate, Rachel. Boy, don't you want to be a member of this family? <laughs> How terrible to be a son in this family and to realize that your mother only saw you just as a weapon to fight against her sister. I mean, to express how happy she is now, she gives this name, Asher, happy to the son. It's tragic about these names that Leah gives to the son, especially these two sons. But the tragedy in these two sons, the naming of these two sons, Gad and Asher, is just like with Levi, no reference to God. God's gone. What's God got to do with it? God doesn't have anything to do with it. God was getting in my way by giving me infertility. I got around that. See? So when Leah was at her lowest point when she named Levi, she said nothing about God. When she was at her highest point, when she named Judah, she only talked about God. And now Leah has entered with all of her heart to fight against Rachel, and she's at the lowest point again in her life, and she names Gad and Asher. She says nothing about God again. It's sad. And, and, and in verse 13 is especially sad because Leah is happy without God. She's happy without God. She's happy because she sees that she has, with these six sons, this numerical advantage over Rachel. And so she says, I'm happy. Happy am I. Brings to us the question, why is she happy? Why is Leah happy? Leah is happy because her plan to give Zilpah into Jacob's arms, it worked. And she has gotten two more arrows to fight against Rachel. Now, 
How can Leah be happy after giving another woman to her husband? How does that work? How can she be happy with that? That's a compromise. When Leah saw that she stopped bearing children, Leah did not trust in the Lord with all of her heart, but Leah copied Rachel and gave to Jacob her handmaid, Zilpah, to get more children as weapons to fight against Rachel. See, Leah was leaning to her own understanding. She was doing exactly what it says not to do in Proverbs 3, 5. It's where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Rachel said, I'm not going to trust in the Lord anymore. I'm going to lean to my own understanding. Leah, I'm sorry. Leah said that. Then Leah said she was happy, making no reference to God. Isn't it interesting that when we resort to our own understanding, we never talk about God, and we never want to talk about God. And you can always tell when you lean to your own understanding, when someone comes along and wants to talk about God and praise God, that's kind of irritating. <laughs> and we, because, you know, we've leaned to our own understanding, and we say with Leah, happy am I, leave me alone. And, and, <laughs> and someone comes to us and says, well, praise the Lord, well, thank God. And we just shrug it off with a, yeah, yeah. But really, our minds are not thinking about God. Yeah? And we're thinking about how our plans have actually worked out pretty good. And Leah knew her plans have worked out. She's happy about that. She knew that God had nothing to do with it. So, so she says nothing about God. Someone came to Leah at that point and said, Leah, praise the Lord. You have a son. You know, thank God for your sons. Outwardly, Leah would have said, yes, praise the Lord, thank God. But inwardly, Leah would have been irritated. And she would have thought to herself, God has nothing, God had nothing to do with it. It was my brilliant idea. <laughs> to have my hand made to get more weapons against my sister. God didn't give me more weapons against my sister. He was a problem, but I, I solved the problem. Isn't Leah a picture of us when we've leaned to our own understanding? Like Leah, we get, all, we get more consumed with, well, what are we going to do next? We get anxious about that and stressing over how we're holding everything together. You got to keep your eye peeled, you know. And we're looking at the successes that we have. So to talk about God or give thanks to God, that's not at the top of our priority list, like it was for her. Now, in verse 13, we see that Leah has said, happy am I. And again, we wondered why you're happy. But actually, Leah tells us why she is happy in verse 13. Why? Why was Leah happy from verse 13? That's it. Because the daughters were going to call her blessed. Who are these daughters? We've been seeing Leah and Rachel and Jacob once in a while. And, but who are the daughters? We haven't seen the daughters before. Where are these daughters? Well, they're, they're around. They're there. This is the first time that we hear about the daughters. We don't know who these people are, obviously females. But they're called the daughters. But one thing we do know about these daughters, they were very important to Leah. Because they, they were so important to Leah that although Leah has nothing to say about the Lord when she names Zilpah's second son, she does have something to say about these daughters, whoever they were. And what Leah is very concerned about is what these daughters say about Leah. And Leah is focused on what these daughters will say about her. And what makes Leah happy is if these daughters have good things to say about her, if she's blessed.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13.5 point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible scripture references section, Bible reference help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.